Welcome to Bay Harbor Brothers Podcast, where two brothers who live nowhere near the bay break down episodes of the Showtime hit series, Dexter. I'm your host, Mike, here as always with my co-host and brother, Josh. How's it going today? It's finale day. It's finale time. I can't believe we made it here. We've been recording since, what, November? And it's the end of January, so if we can keep cranking these out every week, we're looking at like a a year-ish? <laughs> two? Maybe two? Yeah, maybe two years for the whole s- series. Mm-hmm. Depending if we and... go into the the new Dexter or not. Oh, yeah, I don't know. We'll, <laughs> we'll have to cross that bridge when we come to it. Yeah. But... You know, we're we're really having fun doing these and if you're if you've discovered the podcast after or catching up or whatever the case may be, you know, still continue to reach out to us. Uh right now we're still just doing this for fun, which is which is great. Yeah. But, you know, we're looking to expand the community a little bit. Yeah. It's awesome. I did want to say look forward to every week for sure. Yeah. I did want to say up top, uh, we are doing spoiler alert. For this episode, if you, for some reason, are following along with us, watching episode by episode, stop this podcast right now, watch the finale, and then come back and listen, because there will be full spoilers up top. I thought you were going to say stop, drop, and roll. Was there Stop, like... drop. <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening right now, stop, mm-hmm. drop, and then roll, and then come back and listen. Yeah, we're just going to be going over fire safety today. <laughs> We're actually not doing a podcast. Rule number one, don't light others on fire. <laughs> don't light others on fire. That's about and... <laughs> as far as I know for fire safety. <laughs> Anytime I think of fire safety, I just think of Costanza like plowing through that old woman. <laughs> like... <laughs> yeah. Eric the clown put it out with his big shoe. <laughs> yeah. Was that the same episode as like the eclair and the garbage? No. Oh, that's a different one. I think I, it's the same. I think it's the same girlfriend, though. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> like, how are you still with this guy? No, he just he just <laughs> pummels through that old lady. Yeah, <laughs> save himself. Yep. What show are we talking about? Um, we're know. talking about Fire Country. No, we're talking about Dexter. I think Dexter. Did we re- we reached the end of of season one here? Yeah. So this is season one, episode twelve. It is entitled "Born Free." Anything you mm. want to say about the writers or directors? We have Michael Cuesta as the director. So I think we've got to repeat. And then uh, Jeff Lindsay's listed first. It's usually been James Manos Jr. I don't know what that means, but I think this was probably like the way his book ended. And I don't know, maybe he took the lead a little bit. Yeah. I mean, this is uh, probably the most important episode for him. So <laughs> makes sense. Definitely. Uh, before we get started, I'd, uh, there's something uh, now is as good of a time as any on a personal note. There's something that like, I think I should share with you as your brother. Oh, yeah. Man. All right. We're getting serious here. Okay. I'm ready. So you alluded in the past to uh, being like a uh, obese child, like a really, really fat baby. Yeah, I was. Yeah. Um, this really isn't easy for me to talk about. So um, should I be sitting down? Are you sitting down? I am currently. Okay. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> when you were when you were an obese baby, there was an incident that you grabbed a fork and knife from the kitchen and chased the entire family around. You traumatized somebody. Who? You traumatized. Man, this is crazy. 
we have an older brother, Mike. We, his name is Steven. And you traumatized him by chasing around with a knife and fork to the point where he had to get locked up in a mental institution. And he just got out last week. Oh my God. Yeah. What his name is St his name is Steven. You couldn't pronounce his name. I think you called him slimy. Okay. Yeah. So I just wanted to share with you that we do have a long lost brother. Wow. He he looked me up and he he basically told me to embrace your inner fat baby. He what do you think he about told that? you to tell me that, or he told you to embrace your fat baby. No, he wanted <clears throat> me to pass along the message to you. He couldn't make it to the podcast, but is that why I've been seeing pictures of fat babies like left on the back of my photo albums? That is why. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So I have a choice to make. Do I yeah, pursue I... this life of um, health and, and fitness? Or do I embrace my inner fat baby? Yeah. I know it wouldn't have been easy to tell you. So I just figured this was the best place to do it. I appreciate it, but. I mean, you've taught me a lot of lessons about fitness and health, so yeah, <laughs> I I don't know where my loyalties lie here. I guess I'll have to just make a decision at the end of the episode. Yeah, I really think you will. I mean, okay. Slimy was pretty adamant about you embracing that inner fat baby and just, you know, go to buffets whenever you want, eat everything. Wow. Where is you Slimy now? Uh, he's out doing some errands, you know. <laughs> He's grocery shopping. Oh, okay. As as people tend to do on this show. Yeah, yeah I hope he yeah. doesn't die. He's, prob he's probably getting lettuce. He's probably getting some batteries. Okay. But he is a part of our lives now. And uh, yeah, I know it might come to a shock. It might be a shock for you to hear, but well, he's our long I mean, lost older brother. Yeah. All right. Well, I've got the rest of this podcast to really let that set in. <laughs> and because um, I'm a little bit in shock right now. I don't even I don't mm -hmm. even know how to process this. I appreciate your honesty. You know, I have a lot to a lot to um, mull over. In the meantime, I'm gonna have a, a fried turkey leg. Oh, okay. There you go. Okay, it's already starting. Yeah. All right. What do you say we uh, we dive into this finale? As a it's as the finale, a, it's the finale. What are your thoughts in they, general about this this bad boy? They like just knocked it out of the park. Mm hmm. Talk about sticking a landing. There's so many shows out there where you watch season one and it's just like breadcrumbs and it, you know, they want you to figure it out. And you do And sometimes like you're so dissatisfied with with the finale. Yeah. They either spend way too much time setting up season two or just not giving you what you wanted to see. And this mm -hmm. this this just like if you could write it yourself, I don't think you would do anything differently. I wouldn't. Right. No, I agree. And I think that like the, the definition of like a perfect finale is to like, as you just said, wrap up the season in an in a bow, but leave enough um secondary question marks so that you want to keep watching season two, but you still feel like really satisfied with like the main plot line of the season being wrapped up. And I think that this this episode did exactly that. It was it was uh, fast paced. It mm -hmm. was like you felt just tense the entire episode. Like, I have no idea what's going to happen. As someone who was watching the show 
if if you're someone who's watching the show for the first time, I think that the ending of this episode could have gone either way. Where like Dexter had a real legitimate decision to make about his path and who's to say it yeah. couldn't have gone the other way. So and I think there's I think we talked a little bit about like I'm pretty sure they were they knew they were renewed for season two. So the way the way this ended had a you know, a couple question marks. Um, but there's enough there to like pretty much say, you know, we're doing a season two and here's some of the things that we're we're going we're gonna be talking about. But there's still some questionable stuff at the end for me. It's so close to a perfect episode. I'm not sure yet. Yeah. All right. Yeah, we'll get there. I also fun fact before we get into the details is that I, sometimes I, I like make shit up, but this is actually legitimate. Um, mm-hmm. Did you know that this episode originally had a different title? Oh, no. What was it? It was originally entitled Black Heart Optional. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, I, I mean, both uh, Born Free is obviously a, a great title considering what the theme of this episode, but... Blackheart Optional is also a really cool name for it. That is a very cool name. Yeah. I like it. We open up here with pretty much right where we left off uh, the penultimate episode, but Dexter has made his way to the dock because he knows that Deb was getting on the, the boat with Rudy. The dock is empty. Like, there's no boat there. He's running around kind of frazzled, basically can't find Deb anywhere. And we're going to cut now to Deb on the boat. And this, I, I actually really loved this scene with Deb kind of like waking up and confronting Rudy for the first time since she was knocked oh, out. Yeah. Because we get a lot of dialogue of like, why are you doing this? This isn't you. Like asking a lot of questions that like, you know, we would want to ask Rudy ourselves because we still don't know why he's doing this. The The most fascinating part to me was seeing Rudy's real personality because we've never really seen it before until this scene on the boat Um, it's kind of like that he doesn't have he doesn't have much in there yeah (laughs) yeah exactly it's like he's kind of a shell of a human yes which is is something that we're used to seeing but in somebody else you know she's saying like this isn't you and he's like i'm pretty sure it is and he's like a little agitated and like just checking for supplies on the boat but like all the like romantic rudy like flashy gestures that we're used to seeing from him, like just out the window. Oh, that's gone. Yeah. yeah. Cause he has no reason that, to, to lie love to that her. moment where he's like, uh, he's, when he's like, I never wanted to hurt you. And she like, kind of, you know, takes like a beat and he's like, yeah, that's bullshit too. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. I don't care about you. Right. I don't care. Like, this is all part of the plan. You were perfect. You're the perfect pawn. And like, I'm just, he's just toying with her at this point. Yep. Yeah, I mean, he even like comes out and says, well, she he she says, like, I know, I know you didn't want to hurt me. Um, and then he says, is this helping? Like, should I just keep yeah. going? <laughs> Which is just I actually don't care if I hurt you at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's he's empty. Deborah crying. Ugh. Yeah, she has a, a really bad cry face. Do you know when you like have like a jar of pickles in your fridge that you like mm. haven't haven't opened since like 2010? <laughs> And then you like this was immediately relevant. Yeah. <laughs> and then you pop open the jar and like a wave of just like sour ass just like like hits you in the face. 
that sour that's the face pickles or sour ass well a little bit of both you know it's like it's sour ass pickles but like <laughs> it's a little bit of ass because they've been sitting there for 13 years but don't that's they just the... get more don't they just get better because they're being pickled more i think you're thinking of wine <laughs> <laughs> I don't think pickles get like improve with age. No, but I mean, <laughs> I don't think they get worse though. <laughs> I don't know. I think they do. I think 13 years for is like exceeding the average lifespan of a pickle. I actually do have a jar of pickles up, upstairs. I'm going to test this theory after how long the podcast. It, how long has it been in there? Probably since I moved in. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, everyone has that jar of pickles in the back. Everyone has a jar of pickles in the back of their fridge. So that face that you make when you're hit with sour ass, I think that's what Deb looks like when she cries. So if I go upstairs, open a jar of pickles, and then (laughs) immediately start sobbing like a demon ghoul. (laughs) Yeah, then then it's the the same. Yep, that's then it's the same thing. Got it. Okay. I was yeah, because I would describe it the crying face as demon ghoul. Okay, I think it's yeah. sour ass demon ghoul is pretty appropriate. <laughs> Anytime Deb cries, I think that's that's the descriptive phrase that we use. We do find out one piece of information here that Rudy does say that like this is a lot of years in the making. So like he, we probably assumed that at this point, but like we get confirmation that he's been planning this a very long time. Yeah, uh, but has he? A year ago, he was with the girl with the stump, and what was he doing before that? Um, you know, practicing, practicing, practicing the yeah, maybe practicing on like dummies or something <laughs> with no blood, <laughs> with no blood. Yeah, Dexter now runs home, and he is frantically searching for a clue as to where Deb is because he his voiceover tells us that like, you know, Rudy wouldn't have just taken Deb without leaving him a clue, so. He starts like ransacking his apartment. He checks the blood slides. He checks the photo album. He checks the freezer where the where the body parts where the um dolls body parts were. For some reason, he takes the cushions off of his couch. <laughs> <laughs> so a hey, bag he... of Fritos. <laughs> Rudy wanted me to go to a vending machine. Oh, I found it was there along. <laughs> He had me until the couch. I don't know why yeah, he decided until to take the couch. Cushion. Yeah. <laughs> but I do think it was, it reached a point of like escalation in his, in his, you know, f- frantic frazzled mind where he's like, I just got to search every nook and cranny, but it was oh, still kind of dumb. Dude, if I can't find something that like sets me off sometimes, that is That's like true. my one trigger. I like know. I never get, I'm not an angry person by any means, but like if I can't find something, I will go into like couch cushion mode. Yeah. I feel like like destroy my fucking house if I have to. (laughs) You losing your remote is probably like number one, right? Yeah. Which is why it's a great excuse. Yeah. When he, when he uses it. Yeah. That's certainly better than the excuse he uses later in the episode. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. Oh, he also like checked his email to see if like the, yeah, he checked Craigslist. Craigslist email. <laughs> Continuity-wise, I'm not sure that it makes sense because 30 seconds later, his screensaver starts singing to him. So I don't know why his screensaver didn't sing until then and not like the hours before he got home. You know what I mean? Rudy but... put like a timer 
on the screensaver, <laughs> I guess. Who knows? Yeah, that's that's technology for you. And his screen, so he's checking the apartment. The screensaver starts singing "Born Free" to him. Born free. He runs over to it and he's like, his voiceover says, "Oh, uh, this wasn't here before." So the song is playing. The, the on the screen, it's like animals having like orgies with each other. But I, which <laughs> I'm not sure I get. But That's incorrect that it. <laughs> They're um, lions attacking like zebras. But okay, there's one image though where it's like, <laughs> like six, like, six no. animals, like, no, basically like tag teaming a, a seventh. You're gonna have to go back and check that again. I'm pretty okay. sure it's the. I'm pretty sure it's the food chain, like the. I mean, the strong eating the weak, and I think your explanation would make more sense. It's not animals humping. No. Okay. All right. <laughs> You win. So I mean the tight the tiger is like on top of the zebra in a way that it might want to hump it, but mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure it's I'm pretty sure that's not what it's trying to do. All right. I'm just saying they all look like they're in <laughs> optimal humpage positions, but it Yeah, I but like humping wrong. and like the way they attack are pretty similar. That's true. That's true. If, like a, you if jump only on their back, you know. Yeah. yeah. If only yeah. humans did this act in the same mm -hmm. way, you know. <laughs> The same way they attack is to like hump. Careful. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Careful is really good advice for right now. Dexter, when he hears this "Born Free" song, he um immediately gets kind of triggered back to the shipping container where he watched his mother get chopped up. So he he concludes that. Rudy is trying to send him to where Dexter was quote unquote like born in blood. Born reborn. Reborn. Yeah. So yeah. he's like, all right, I gotta find the exact shipping container in the right. exact shipping yard where my mom was killed. So he like sits down, he's gotta go through all of, you know, his investigative yeah. skills to to find that. Meanwhile, Rudy gets off the big boat with Deb onto a smaller motorboat. <laughs> no, not sure what's <laughs> happening with the boat change, but he changes boats. A little more, so, you know, convenient, moves a little faster. I guess, but if you're going to... When gonna... I saw this, when I saw this, I I thought, like, she could have, like, easily taken him out. She's, like, he's paying attention to, like, steering, and she's just laying there. But, like, all you had to do is get up and just, like, like body check him into the water. Yeah. Like, I think, I think like, a good cop could have done that. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. That's true. And then she could have just taken that motorboat, like... Yeah, run him over, you know. <laughs> well, that wouldn't do anything. It's like inflatable. Oh, that's true. He would just be like, Ugh, Ugh, yeah, yeah. And then he'd be fine. <laughs> you could like motorboat over him. Careful. And well, you could motorboat him, but that, that wouldn't do anything. Uh, motor. <laughs> the theme of this episode is careful. <laughs> careful. You could motorboat over him and then make it so that he can't like swim to the surface and just choke him out. Like he gets oh, stuck yeah. underneath the boat. Yeah. So like every time he tries to swim in one direction, you like steer the yeah, boat. You, you motorboat oh. that way. And you motorboat yeah. over him. Yeah. Right. That's okay. a really good strategy. Yeah. But alas, she does but not do that. She just kind of lays there and <laughs> looks at him. Yeah, she does. But I, I, my question about this whole like boat exchange is like, 
because eventually they go back to like land. What was the point of the boat? Was it just to like get her isolated yes. and then knock her out and then get her yeah. back onto land? Okay. Yeah, tied okay. up and okay, captive. Yep. All right. Cool. Yeah, I mean, he could have like saved himself a hell, a hell of a lot of time and just tranked her. <laughs> like, but yeah, or said like, uh, "We're going to dinner," and then take her somewhere and yeah, tranked her. Yeah. And then... But his whole like chokehold thing is his method. Like that's that's, that's the way he that's the way he kills all his victims. So yeah, he needed yeah. privacy for that. Yeah, we wouldn't have gotten that insane scene. So correct. We're gonna cut now to the hospital where Angel is. She knows still in bed. She knows. She, she knows. knows. <laughs> what 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 does she do? <laughs> does she know anything? Well, it's just uh, does she? It's kind of. Yeah, this is as an, <laughs> this is about as annoying as it is while you're watching. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like okay, can you be quiet so we can hear what Angel's saying because we really can't right now. She knows. I get it that she knows. I she... I get it, but this is the finale. And yeah, we don't have time for what she knows. Yeah, so I, yeah. I I'm actually a little curious about what she knows. Do you have this any? This is guesses? my one like my one little gripe with this episode is like that this character has to do with. Like moving the plot forward a little bit. Yeah. If he <laughs> if he didn't exist, we wouldn't actually. <laughs> it's pretty and significant. That, and that ties back into the whole. Like I, it's such a good episode. I want to give it a ten, and that's what this all of this contemplation is about. Okay. But like the cops' path to discovery here is still it's just a little wonky for me. Yeah. Agreed. Um, it, it seems we'll, like we'll this get... is stuff that should have been done already. <laughs> it's but so weird. It is. It's uh, the order and the way things go down, and then the how that how we'll get there. Angel is. So stuck she, in knows. It. she knows. She knows. Angel is. Does she know? <laughs> Angel that was the last one. Okay. Angel's stuck in the. She knows. Uh, such a liar. Angel's stuck in the hospital room with a uh, a loony bin guy who keeps saying she knows. Dokes and Laguerta come in. Dokes like shuts up that she knows guy like real quick. They're they start asking. Uh, Dokes and Laguerta start asking Angel questions that I think they should have asked him a while ago. They're like, yeah, um, we found that girl chopped up like Monique, I guess is her name, the one with the prosthetic hand. That was the girl that was like the Ice Truck Killer's last victim, and so we think Angel that you were stabbed for a reason because you were the last person that like consulted with her and then she ended up dead. So who knows about what you told them? And he's like, well, I told Masuka. They're like, Some come on, somebody else. You must have had a conversation with somebody about like your investigative path. And he's like, well, you know, I consulted with Woody. They're all like, oh, shit. And well, Deborah's missing. Yeah. Oh. Oh, oh. oh. By the way. <laughs> <laughs> oh. By the way, Deborah is missing. It yeah, all hope, connects. Yes. Hope you had a good night's sleep. We did too. We just waited until morning to really come have this conversation with you. <laughs> um, but Deb's been AWOL since probably about sixteen hours ago last night. So just yeah. figured we'd follow up. Yeah. She was supposed to take a thirty-minute break for dinner. Never came back. But we all just went to bed. Whatever. It's fine. Yeah, so good morning. It is 10 a.m. <laughs> Hope you had a good breakfast. And uh, we're just checking in. <laughs> Angel's like, all right, go. Go find her. So, so they uh, got this info from Masuka. 
who like tipped off Dexter first, but then was like, okay, Correct. this this is a this is Monique. So Angel was on the right track. So that's yeah. what prompts that. Okay. Yes. Dexter is still in his apartment and he has, I guess, located the exact cargo bin where his mom was butchered. He's got a little microscope, my, oh my God, telescope, t- microphone. He's got a, what's it called? Machinery. He's got, oh no, a magnifying glass. That's there it. you go. That's it. Machinery. <laughs> he's got a magnifying glass and he, he zooms in on some article. Like the, the lot, like the lot number of the. Yeah, whatever it is. So he hears a knock on his door. Uh, it's it's Maria and Dokes who are jumping around in this episode, but um, they Dexter really do jump around. <laughs> Maria and Dokes, I, in my opinion, I think that they have either a private jet or some sort of like what's or Spider Man. Yeah, because <laughs> they're just everywhere. But they knock on the door and uh, Dexter kind of panics because he's got all of his shit out. He's got his blood slides out. He's got his, oh, that fire. The cushions. Yeah. (laughs) Couch cushions everywhere. So they like open the door and they're like, what the, what the fuck happened here? He says that he couldn't find the remote, which Uh, is the excuse. I mean, it's the only thing you could say, but it still comes off as like a horrible excuse. Yeah. Like, wouldn't you put the couch back after you looked? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, anyway, I mean. And and Dokes is just like, yeah, fuck you, asshole. Yeah, like you Dokes. know something. I know. yeah. Dokes is at a ten. Lost the remote, he my ass. In. Yeah. <laughs> he, I, I mean, and his sister is missing, right? But Dokes is mm-hmm. still like coming at him with everything he's got, um, because Dokes is convinced that Dexter is like hiding something, which yeah, I mean, he's right. He's right. He's he right. is. But like, Dexter is still hurt about his sister and looking for his sister and all of that so like it just seems like the aggression is a little misdirected in this moment but i get it i have Um, to correct myself from last episode okay when i when i spoke about like dexter just like filling them in and like bringing them into the loop up to Mm -hmm. speed on everything yeah he can't do that because of the connection that rudy has to him so if for, if I'm Dexter, if this guy gets caught by the cops, you don't know what he's gonna say. He knows Dexter's a serial killer. It's kind of he's kind of like he's kind of backed into a corner. Like I need to be the one to see this thing out, right? Yeah, I think that's a really good point. But it's also his sister's life at risk. So how how much are you willing to protect yourself to put your sister's life? Or I don't know. Yeah, yeah. But I I think that is a really good point. That's why he can't mm-hmm. tell them anything. But here though, he actually does right because here's that uh he connected the blood on angel's shirt to rudy right and then he's like it it was a sort of this i didn't think anything was going to come of it it was like a shot in the dark but like i i did find a connection and yeah dog's like you motherfucker yeah (laughs) and legretta's like would you back off of him like that's his sister it's it's his sister my favorite moment in this is like Dexter trying when it's Michael C. Hall acting as Dexter, who's acting like faking his emotions, like find Dexter finding out that Deb is like missing for the first time yeah. from oh, yeah, and Dokes. Yeah. And he like fakes this like, oh, my God, <laughs> it's just yeah, it was awesome. It's so fake. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, so we're just kind of there is like a shield. She's yeah. she's like, like, why are you why are you trying to come after this guy? It's his sister. Yeah. That's why? really what keeps Dexter safe. This whole 
experience. Why did LaGuardia and Dokes go to Dexter's house, though? Probably he wasn't picking up his phone. He wasn't picking up his phone, and maybe he didn't know Deb was missing, according okay. to them. Yeah. Okay. Meanwhile, Mean Band-Aid uh, calls Rita from jail. <laughs> oh, this guy's still on the show, yeah. Yeah, he is leading with Rita on the phone. This this is like his one phone call of the day, so he's got to make it count. He's trying to convince her that he, you know, kicked the hard stuff. He's he was no he was like sober before the this overdose happened, and he said he's like convinced that he's being set up, which he's right. I guess is like sort of trying to put the pieces together and saying like Dexter could have hit me. You know, he's not who you think he is, and just like I'm worried about my kids. You know, I just want to let you know. There's something else going on there with Dexter. This is planting the seed a little bit. This is planting the seed in Rita's head, whether she wants to like accept that seed or not. It still is planted. So that's going to set up next season for us. Yeah. And I think she's not torn, but she's almost to the point where she's like, I'm so over this guy. Yes. And anything he says is just like bullshit. He's just trying to save his own ass. I'm not even going to listen to you right now, man. It's a desperation shot in the dark for sure for for Paul, but I do think if there was like a percentage of her like believing him, I I do think that there would be like a one or two percent in her mind where she's like, hmm, is this actually possible? But well, one this... minute he was in the kitchen, and <laughs> the next minute he was just gone forever. So yeah, that is true. That is true. It's like I you mean, know what, for Rita, he was like he was in the kitchen ready to read them a bedtime story, and he's like, you know what? No, I'm just gonna go do heroin in a hotel. Goodbye. <laughs> Fuck my kids. Oh. I just want some heroin. <laughs> <laughs> After all this. Yeah it, yeah, it really doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. No, but she's safer and her kids are safer. But are they? And so, well, we don't know. So now we're going to cut back to the station. Uh, LaGuardia we have to is... assume. I'm sorry. We have to no, assume no, that like that the, the last visit, he was still high on the heroin At when the... they visited him. Oh, you think? Well, because he doesn't. He's like. He he's disoriented. Like he doesn't know. Yeah. He doesn't know where why he got there, but he doesn't like mention Dexter or anything. Right. I think he's still kind of like strung out and just confused. confused. Yeah. Yeah. He probably he, his head probably still hurts a little bit too. Got to change <laughs> that bandage. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, one of the inmates hit him with a bowling pin as hard <laughs> as he <they> could. <laughs> where did he get a bowling pin in jail? I don't know. I was just thinking of a random object to smash him in the face with because that's all that happens to him <laughs> yeah that's true they don't really have a lot of objects in jail yeah no, he... was the first thing i thought of okay i think that's yeah. pretty accurate for jail i don't know maybe they have like activities or something <laughs> i don't know all right guys it's time for activities who wants to bowl <laughs> so we're gonna yeah. cut back to, <laughs> to the station <laughs> it's definitely the safest thing for inmates to do is take them bowling <laughs> yeah so laguerta is leading a meeting here and she says, ladies and gentlemen, take three. Here is the new ice truck killer. <laughs> Let's try this guy, okay? This is Rudy. He he actually is the guy. Captain Crunch comes in. And... Well, she, she has the smallest picture out of any of the pictures that they've oh. ever shown. <laughs> <laughs> they have gigantic Tony Tucci and gigantic... Neil uh, Perry. Neil Perry, like on like a fucking projector. And then she takes out like a wallet picture of Rudy. You guys, <laughs> like, see everybody this? get in. Yeah. <laughs> Huddle up. But we got the real guy, but all I have is this tiny little photo. We don't have time for the projector. Everyone but... take out your telescopes. All right. 
Telescopes help us see further. Okay, memories, shut your mouth and huddle up. <laughs> so speaking of memories, he's here. He's got a few he's more there. lines. Yeah. He's there. But Captain Crunch shows up. He is here to introduce the new <sighs> lieutenant of Miami Metro. And here comes Esme Pascal. She was put in the game by the coach, and she is ready to take over. There is this this battle of wills and power struggle between... <laughs> battle of wills. Battle of wills, yes. Between LaGuardia okay. and Esme Pascal here. What? You don't like wills? No, I just didn't know that like they sat down and played Dungeons and Dragons together or something when she walked in. <laughs> they did. You missed it? Yeah, I'm a, it must be in the deleted scenes. It is. It is. They play Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> Esme wins. And yeah, clearly. But there is there is that power struggle and there's that unwillingness to sort of transfer the power for LaGuerta. I mean, she has to, but Esme comes in and she immediately starts like giving orders and doing things her way. And she is kind of giving Maria a hard time too, like right off the bat. So she's obviously up to speed. <laughs> Captain Crunch like clearly filled her in. I love Laguerta and this one. I, I love, I love Laguerta and and her character growth and how yeah. she's like her her ego takes a backseat mm-hmm. to to say to help Deb like yes. that's like from where we started this season you know with her kind of being a bitch to her and awesome character growth for her yes it, she has and come she's, a long she's, way she's like my job my job just got like ripped out from from beneath me and I have to answer to this new person but like what I care about is finding our, our detective. Yes. And then Esme says something like, who here can get me up to speed? And <laughs> who's going to, who's going to volunteer, but memories. Who's and... the dumbest person in this room? <laughs> <laughs> I'm the dumbest. Also, did you know that everyone in here has one heart? And she's like, Oh, that's what the answer I was looking for. Can you drive? He's like, I don't know. I've never tried, but come on, let's go. Cars have four wheels, right? <laughs> Unless they're trucks. Is that true? And then, and then she's like, okay, I guess this is what we're talking about in the car ride. So she gets into the car with Memories. We're going to cut now to Dexter, who has made his way to... Memories just, memories just plays her a previously on from Dexter season one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's getting her up to speed. <laughs> previously on Dexter. <laughs> cameras did you know that air vents air vents actually allow air to filter through a room did you know he just plays her all the previously on but only his stuff only his stuff she's like she's like this doesn't help me at all he's like last episode last episode i was on the phone and someone interrupted me to ask a question what do you think of that and then he says oh memories so we (laughs) We're going to go to I, what's happening. I don't know. We're <laughs> flailing at this point. Dexter is at the shipyard and he sneaks in in the most easily, easy, <laughs> easily way. Non-guarded. Non-guarded shipyard. And I don't need a guard, but like, yeah. No, but like there's like one chain, but the fence, the fence is like two feet tall. He can literally just like step over the fence. Well, I mean, there's no reason to like have security <laughs> in a place like this. But aren't there a lot of like important belongings in these shipping containers? Yeah, but they're still locked, I would think. I All don't right. know. 
But okay. anyway, he gets in. Yeah, he gets in, and his his voiceover says so much for the war on terror. Just as easily as he sneaks into the shipping yard, he sneaks perfectly into the hut with where the computer is, and he's wearing his sneak sneak sneak, sneak shirt. Mm-hmm. And within seconds, he knows how to <laughs> operate the <laughs> shipyard search computer. He's, and, he's uh, in that database real fast. Yes, he is. It's like, oh, Harry he trained himself. He yeah. trained himself on that software on the way over. And he finds the shipyard shipping container uh, where Harry pulled him out of. As he like approaches the that shipping container, we get a flashback. The door opens to the shipping container, and it's Harry. And he says, uh, he's like holding little boy Dexter, uh, who's covered in, in blood. And he's like, someone else get in there now. This is the flashback to when his mom died. Well, two days this... after. What? Yeah. Yeah. Two days after. Yeah. Two days after. Yep. Is that, when, is I mean, this Metro the... was still not great back then. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> it's about time. Uh, is this yeah. the moment where Dexter like makes eye contact with like little Himself. boy Dexter. Yeah, little yeah. boy Dexter makes eye contact with real life Dexter. Yeah. Oh okay. yeah. A couple yeah, so times this, this episode. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And then like, hi. Yeah. No. That was... <laughs> yeah. Hey hey. <laughs> Is that what look it looks like? Look out! Look out! <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. It looks a little like Cody. Like a little bit. No. But... Okay. So uh-huh. Cody's not in this one. Let's just keep this. Yeah. Okay. Cody free yeah. since 93. Yeah. I get it. There you go. Dexter in real time now opens the container and we, we are expecting Deb to be in here, right? We're expecting him to find something because he's Dexter and he solves all these puzzles and he opens the container and what does he find? It's bananas. It's a sh- shit ton of bananas. <laughs> it's just bananas. This and day then... is bananas. B-A-N-A-N-A-S. <laughs> the day is banana. Yeah. <laughs> And while he's singing that song, we best hear meme ever. Yeah, we hear the best, the best, the best meme ever, and the best like two word greeting. Uh, we hear surprise, motherfucker, and yeah. uh, it's it's Dokes. He followed Dexter to the shipping yard. Did this like um, like start memes? Like I when I think of memes, like this was like the first one. When you think of Dexter, like the show Dexter, if you could like think of a meme, this would be it. Yeah. Yeah. Or like if you think of Dokes, you know, like this is oh, just absolutely. like iconic. At, and I think he's called him that before, but the surprise motherfucker part is just. I think it would have been know. funnier if he was wearing one of those like birthday hats and like had one of those like, <laughs> you know. <laughs> or if he was dressed like a monkey and he was just after all the bananas. <laughs> <laughs> These are my bananas. <laughs> surprise, motherfucker. Surprise, just motherfucker. An, an, ape, an ape costume. <laughs> Those are my bananas. It's so good, though. It's so good. It is. It's very good. And we're Bras, like, motherfucker. yeah. And like thinking about Dokes, too, like in this putting myself like in his brain, like what is Dexter doing? Like, <laughs> well, this is where like the worst excuse in the history <laughs> of the amazing. universe. It was amazing. <laughs> Didn't he say like I ordered some furniture from Thailand? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. So he said. So he has Dexter's got nothing. He has no yeah. excuse. He's like, I really, I was really hungry for, for some bananas, James. Oh, yeah. Like, like what, like what can you really say at this point? He's being followed. Yeah. Do- Dokes knows. Dokes knows Dexter is connected to this. Mm-hmm. 
Dexter knows that Dokes is on to him. Yes. He has no play at this point. Right. Like, why not just throw out the most ridiculous excuse you could possibly think of? My sister's missing, but I ordered some furniture from Thailand. So I went to the I went to the shipping yard to check one of the random containers to see if my furniture was in it. Which props Stokes to immediately start kicking the shit out of him. Yeah. Punches Dexter right in the stomach. He's yeah, like, it's awesome. It's how's awesome. that for Thailand furniture? Yeah. Um, yeah. Punches him in the stomach and then he he tries to keep attacking him, but Dexter pulls out these like jujitsu like these moves Judo where chop. he's yeah, where he's <laughs> able to like get the upper hand here in this physical altercation. He like grabs Dokes by the throat and like throws him backwards into the container. Yeah, it's a, it's an awesome it, fight. And Dokes we just says, get it, we just get like this like taste of it, you know, and it's like yeah, it's like oh shit, yeah, like there. There's no more hiding between these two. No. And no. Dokes even comes out and says, lab geek my ass. And then <laughs> I love when he says ass. And then he says, what I found out is going to stick to your ass. <laughs> I love that line. I found peanut butter. <laughs> like, yeah, that would probably to stick ass. to my ass. <laughs> Didn't Maria have something stick to her ass too? No, like she spread her or ass. Something? She spread oh, her yeah. ass cheeks. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. And it's then really Ru- hard keeping track of all these characters' asses and what they put on them. Well, Rudy draws a Venn diagram on an ass, too. Right. And okay. Maria has cheese spread all over it. Yes. And, yeah, yeah. Yes. Oh, she also has a picture of Joseph, Go- Joseph Gordon-Lovett on her ass. Right, 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 right. Okay. We need, but, like, an ass tattoo count- <laughs> tracker. But Dokes does say, you're connected to this, and what I find out is going to stick to your ass. And well, I just ate some bananas. Maybe some of the peels are on there. <laughs> I don't think um, a banana peel would stick to your ass, though. I don't think so. I don't think so. No, I don't no. think it would just slip right off. Yeah, probably. That's probably what it would do. Um, I'll try the pickle experiment. I'm not going to do that one, though. No. No. That, no. that one takes a little <laughs> shorter. You can just <laughs> peel a banana and then slap it. I'd on have it. some explaining to do in my house, though. So. <laughs> uh, Josh, what are you doing? Can... <laughs> the pickle thing I could probably get away with. Yeah, probably. I think next time like though you should you should order like an entire shipping container full of bananas to your house and see <laughs> see what your wife and daughter say. <laughs> shipping yard. You have no idea what you're talking about. I'm gonna right say now. something that makes sense. I think the <laughs> sometimes I start a sentence and I don't know where it's gonna end up. No, it's okay. My brain <laughs> is goes yeah. on and off, on and off. No, it's mush. It is mushy time. <laughs> like um, bananas. It's banana mush. Yeah, it's like what you feed your kid before it's a kid. Shipyard manager now finds out that two people have <laughs> broken into this complex. Luckily, he kind of like breaks up the fight. So they have to play nice, Stokes and Dexter. As they're like, you know, being sorted out, they both get the same phone call, which I guess is like they got the warrant to go into Rudy's house. I'm assuming yeah. that's what the call was, right? Yeah. Um, you think they carpooled to Rudy's house? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> I'm driving, bitch. Get in. <laughs> Just like punching each other in the face the whole time, like they're driving. <laughs> Make a left. Yeah. No, I mean, they should have carpooled for like, they, you know, 
yeah, you could have saved money on gas, but they don't care about that. No, he does. The shipping yard manager says, like, is this guy under arrest? And Dexter's like, that's a good question. And Dokes kind of has to back down a little bit. But he does know he's up to something. Something's um, going to stick to his ass. Something is something sticky is probably going to land there and then not come off of there. So now we're going to cut to Rudy is on dry, on dry land and he's driving and eating, which I think is an important thing to point out. Uh, driving, yeah. driving and eating and listening to music. We hear from inside the trunk of whatever car he's driving, Deb like screaming her fucking head off. So Rudy has to like pull over and like he pops open the trunk. She's screaming again. He like has to tape her mouth again. But there's also this rando in the trunk with her. Um, <laughs> yeah. this, his name his name is Fred, and he, I I believe he's dead. R.I.P. Fred. Yeah, R.I.P. He lived a good life, but poor Fred had his car stolen and then got murdered and thrown in a trunk with Deb, which is yeah, that's rough. They probably um, got murdered before the car was stolen, but yeah. Yeah, I I th- did I say the order wrong? It's possible. Yeah, I mean he probably didn't like steal his car with him alive and start driving and then. And then murder him, and then and then LeBron probably... him into the trunk. <laughs> <laughs> but so, but Deb is like demon ghouling back there, and she's yeah, yeah. It's she's in a she, trunk of pickles, like thirteen year old pickles. She's in a trunk of thirteen year old pickles. <laughs> There's a fucking dead guy. Oh, that she's too. Not having, she's not having a good day. No, no, it's a bad day. And he's like, he's like, shut up, demon ghoul. I'm trying to drive. Yeah, and he, is he isn't he listening though. to like classical music or something too. Yeah. It's like, I can't yeah, hear you know, the classical so... music. Was he eating a banana? Banana. <laughs> yeah. Banana. What do you do to stay healthy? Bananas. Bananas. Do you remember that interview? I do. <laughs> Three banana. Three bananas. What what play, what baseball player was that? That was um Masa. No, it was um <laughs> Yama Masa Masa Nori. Monkey like banana. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was like an infielder for the Blue Jays, but like didn't get that a lot like of playing. That's like the length. best interview ever. Yeah. I have banana. Yeah. Oh no, and then they're like What's wrong? Why why are you like on the on on the injured list? And he's like, "I got cramp. I got cramp." He's yeah. like cramps yeah. or something. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we off are now the rails. At, yeah, off the rails. The entire department is now at Rudy's apartment. That rhymed. And Dexter gets nice. there. Thank you. They are looking, they're examining Rudy's refrigerated room. And in that room, he's got like vials of the names of all the ice truck killers victims. So like, I guess that's where he kept the the blood of all of the victims. But it's labeled so nicely for the police department, which makes it kind of easy. Miami Metro can see how he you know drain the butt drain the blood and they they find the two vents they find they can kind of go through the entire apartment now masuka is dressed like an eskimo eskimasuka um, oh eskimasuka 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 <laughs> yes sure eskimasuka my and... question is is like is rudy like at this point just like fuck it my plan's in motion i don't care who finds what i think yes. right yeah, yeah. okay the minute that he took Deb on the boat, I think was the like that was it. He knew yeah. that that was the last minute he'd be stepping into that apartment. So, like, my big question is, he doesn't want to get caught. So why? Well, let's get to that at the, the, the end because the, we the stab the stab of Angel. Like, what is the 
what is the point of that? Because if you hadn't done that, then this would just be your plan with Deborah and with Dexter. But Angel, and he thought cop, Angel was like getting closer, and but he Angel, wasn't. He didn't know he, anything. I mean, no, he wasn't. But how how did if Rudy you had just know left that? him alone? If you had just left him alone, your plan would still be going. Yeah, you'd have Deborah. The cops wouldn't know shit. If you're Rudy, though, you don't know how much Angel really knows, or how much he's like leading on. Unless he wants that, to get. Unless he doesn't care. Unless he's just like fuck it. Yeah, my plan is going to happen, and. I've been working on this for years. I agree. And I think the stabbing of Angel, as we mentioned, when that happened two episodes ago, was it didn't make a lot of logical sense. But Mm -hmm. here we are. It's also important to point out here that the room is like a mess. There's blood everywhere. There's blood still in the bucket, still on the floor, still on the the um, whatever that thing is called. And um, what? Wall. (laughs) Yeah, thanks. Thanks. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, there's there's blood on the what's it called the wall. I love the moment when when Dexter sees jokes and they're just like, oh, hey, yeah, hey. Hey, remember earlier? Yeah. <laughs> really, twenty minutes ago, yeah. when we were kicking the shit out of each other. Yeah. I don't know how Dokes got there so much faster than Dexter, but Spider Dokes. Yeah, that's that. <laughs> I mean, it. That's what I'm saying. They're everywhere. Laguerre has been With there. Great since... power comes great responsibility, bitch. With great energy comes lots of bananas. Yeah, so I, as I was saying, it's a mess in there. Sorry. That's okay. <laughs> uh, you know, there's blood on the walls. And so Masuka points out, like, remember when we said that Rudy was like, or the ice truck killer was like rushed in his last right. uh, murder? Like, this just sort of confirms that because he didn't clean up anything. And then Masuka drops a comment saying, like, I can think of 101 uses for this table. <laughs> and like... Dexter looks at him. He's like, he's got my sister, Vince. He's like, oh, fuck. Sorry. You're right. And why are you using the same number as the Dalmatians? (laughs) All of my dogs would have a really good time on this table. And then, of course, we get the best character name Uh ever. Yeah. If you thought that there was a fake Karen earlier, now there's a real one. Her name's Karen. And she is. She wants to speak to the manager. Yeah. It That's is amazing. a really good Such point. Great foreshadowing by Dexter. Yep. Minute man, they they called it. They knew before it was a thing. They, they knew really before did. it was a thing. And uh, it she starts. Just, needs, just needed the haircut. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Every Karen has to start somewhere. That's what I always say. Mm-hmm. And that this is where this one's starting. And Dexter says, "You're in charge of evidence. I want everything in this room packaged up with a number and labeled." And then she says to Masuka, is he in charge? And that's where Karen was born. I think that's where it was invented. I think that might have been the first Karen. I think that's why this episode is called Born Free. Right? Because mm. this is where Karens are set free. That's There's it. no way that, that this was a thing before 2006 or whenever this episode. Yeah, I don't think so. Karen is definitely post-2006. I think so. I think this is where she was born. I think we just like made the biggest revelation ever. Um, speaking of useless characters, our next scene has <laughs> this this guy uh, named Bob Hicks come to visit Rita. This is a silly, silly little scene, I think. He's a stupid <laughs> trash bag. <laughs> yeah, this is I didn't find this really that believable, but it's OK. So Bob Hicks 
a nice little guy comes to Rita's house, and it turns out that Bob is is Paul's NA sponsor. And, you know, Paul's just concerned for the kids. Bob Hicks Was has he wearing a name tag? Yeah. Hi, I'm Bob Hicks. <laughs> Bob Hicks, I, I have to use the full name. Bob Hicks says that um, the x-rays showed a skull fracture the second time he needed a Band-Aid. But the first time, he didn't have a skull fracture. So Rita thinks that she's the one that gave him a skull fracture. But in fact, she's wrong. Someone else gave him a skull fracture on top of that Band-Aid. Bob Hicks knows Paul pretty well. So, like, he he wouldn't lie about any Well enough of it. to, like, go to the prison and the hospital and get his medical records and they must we know that we know me yeah. and band-aid used his phone call on rita not bob hicks so he must just really really like mean band-aid i guess they're best friends but then rita says exactly what all of us are thinking this Fuck is off, none bob. of <laughs> this is none of your goddamn business <laughs> i do like fuck <laughs> off bob a little better Bob, this is the finale. We really don't have time for you. No time for Bob Hicks right now. <laughs> this guy looks like like if Mr. Rogers and like the Ken doll like merged and had a baby, <laughs> it would be Bob Hicks. Did he like change his sweater like four times when he got yeah, there? Yeah, he did. Yeah. It's one of my least favorite characters for sure. I hate Bob Hicks. I <laughs> 10 LVP points now. Yeah. I may hate Bob Hicks more than Karen the neighbor. Dokes finds out that um <laughs> Rudy is actually not the Ice Truck Killer's real name. Uh, they find out that it's it's just an alias. Okay, Rudy Cooper is not his real name. Right. Rudy Cooper was a plumber in New Jersey who died in 1999. Oh yeah, yeah. So I'm thinking that we could just say his name now. It's fine. Brian. Yeah. Biney, slimy, whatever you want to call Mc... him. Yep. Blimey McSlimerson <laughs> is. <laughs> Killed the, he killed Rudy Cooper in 1999. So seven years, yes. Yeah. Like seven years, yeah. Mm -hmm. This is probably when he started the plan, right? Right, right, right. Like he's gonna he's gonna get this guy's alias, become him, you know. And they don't give you how like the new Rudy Cooper just becomes a doctor. But okay, whatever. Well, we asked you asked before, like what was he doing this whole time? He was going to eat. I was, he was going getting to his, medical school. Yeah, he was getting his doctorate <laughs> in murder. So, <laughs> um, I didn't go to evil medical school to be called Mr. Thank you very much. <laughs> Dokes gets pissed because he's like, do you know, like, did you know that wasn't his fucking name? I think that's what he turns on. Him, oh, right? and Dexter says, Dexter says, De no, or he he's not convincing. I think, he's right. Like, you know his real name, don't you, motherfucker? And, and Dexter says, no. And he's like, you trying to be smart? Yeah. And Dexter's and then, like, not trying. Um, and then Maria and Maria is still there to like, so break it up. Yeah. Yeah. Maria needs to put on like a black and white, like referee outfit at this point. Penalty. Dokes. Yeah. Roughing the blood splatter analyst. <laughs> 10 yards away. Dexter finds a record player in Rudy's apartment or Brian's apartment or Blimey McSlimerson's apartment. And the record player is it's a record of the song Born Free. Born um, Free free as the windows it's kind of creepy it is is it, it windows is kinda, it, it, like it works as a creepy song in this episode for sure oh yeah definitely yeah um yeah. but sit but what's important is that on top of that record 
there was a Barbie doll and she was wearing the Barbie doll is like wearing an apron that says home sweet home. And memories and like, yeah, he like moved it, almost screwed it up. Memories did, right? Probably every, every cop that's not one of the ones we know is memories. Yeah. <laughs> and memories turns to Dexter and he's like, you know, that a home is where you live, right? Yeah. That's what sets Dexter. Yeah. In the right path. Yeah. And Dexter's like, wait a second. So which home are we talking about here? So born his original interpretation was like the, where he was born in blood reborn, but I guess he was wrong. And what Rudy originally intended, intended, intended to leave Dexter was, where were you born originally? originally right. Um, so Dexter, and I kind couldn't of believe, gets... I couldn't believe he didn't think Joe Driscoll's house. I was like, though, that was the first. I was uh... like, what? Like that's where he met Rudy, Joe Driscoll. Yeah, like, that's true. I could have like that, that would have been my first. That would have been my first. Like that's where he is. But yeah been like hey rita you uh you want to go visit old higgins <laughs> uh, that's probably why they didn't go there because they would have found old higgins corpse yeah <laughs> i'm still waiting for the cable repair man <laughs> dexter gets this idea about you know okay i gotta go find my like birth original home, house original yeah. house and so he leaves and obviously the camera pans to dokes who is tracking Dexter's every move real quick before the next scene uh well during the next scene at the beginning of it Rudy and Deb are gonna have a quick wrestling match <laughs> they're in this like padded room with we cut like... to a Cobra Kai dojo <laughs> pretty much where Johnny Lawrence walks in <laughs> yeah I had to watch this multiple times without laughing and I know it's a serious it's so scene, funny it's so funny but Deb like <laughs> being blindfolded and like bound and like just running into the walls is the funniest shit I've ever seen. <laughs> like, is that the best you've got Deb? blindly running yeah. into a wall? This will get him. Maybe you'll crash through a window, get lucky. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> it was so funny. Yeah. Um, but then Rudy pulls a sweep the leg real yeah. quick. Well, he's got a pretty decent advantage here. <laughs> His hands and legs are not bound. He's not blindfolded. He knows exactly mm -hmm. where she is. <laughs> first. And and she's dizzy because she just ran into the wall six times. So <laughs> yeah. Um, and then he says, Dude, "Exorcist of Emily Rose coming back out." She's just like, yeah. <laughs> I like running all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a that's a walker. Sorry. And he he then says an homage to a fellow traveler and pulls out a syringe and stabs deb in the throat with it she goes to sleep she was getting a little you know antsy i mean like, all right yeah wouldn't you i i get it after after the sweep the leg yeah yeah agreed um so dexter uh finds laura moser's address uh at in his office in his little lab rita actually surprises him at work and this is because bob hicks says something about do you even know like have you ever been to where dexter works like Stupid. trying to Shut yeah up. like trying to get Shut her up. to like be suspicious about dexter and it i guess whatever seed that was planted kind of worked because that's why she like surprises dexter here but he like kind of blows her off doesn't bode well when well he tells him but well when he tells her that deborah is in trouble i think she's like okay yeah 
But now she's got an extra white chocolate mocha, and I don't know what she's gonna do with it. I would have just drank both. I know, me too. Meanwhile, so she gives one. She gives one Esme Pascal on the way out. <laughs> hey, you want some white chocolate mocha? <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna cut back to the hospital where she knows. She knows. Mm. She knows. The nurse comes in. The idea of she knows, I guess, triggers something in Angel's mind to question this nurse about whether or not they fingerprint psych patients at county because they couldn't find, like Rudy when they I guess ran Rudy's fingerprints like they, nothing was coming up right they still didn't know who he was yeah this was a stretch for me yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this nurse like why wouldn't anyone else think like maybe he was institutionalized this fucking ice truck psychopath we've been chasing I don't know let's check all the mental institutions for I mean I agree with you um, and then they, they give Angel way too many R's to say here with the uh, one, one Woody Cooper's points <laughs> to see if he's been institutionalized. That's the whole point of she knows. Okay, that's it. That's the, so, so that's what gets them to Brian's fingerprints. Correct. All right. So, so, now when, we, they so, when, they, so when they find out it's Rudy Cooper. Okay, I got it. Yes. So he's just, okay. So he's just good detective. Okay. I'm okay right. with that. Okay. Now we're going to get this like big sort of payoff. Uh, we have arrived at Rudy's entire plan sort of paying coming to fruition here. Dexter arrives uh, at this at, this scene. Dexter arrives at um, his birth mother's house, Laura Moser's house, immediately gets sort of flooded with this flashback of playing Ring Around the Rosie with his mom, uh, Laura Moser, at, who, by the way, looks like she's 12, but... I guess that's his mom, but she is supposed to be young, right? Like, yeah, I'm assuming. And she's like playing sort of like hide and seek, looking for Dexter, who's hiding behind a tree. And then we see that her fingernails are painted in those mm -hmm. rainbow colors. Mm -hmm. And immediately you're like, oh, fuck. Oh, my God. OK. All right. Something's happening. Something is happening. Laura Moser finds Dexter, little boy Dexter, hiding behind the tree and turns to him and says, now, where could your brother be hiding? Ugh. And then the camera zoom. Holy like, shit. Yeah. That moment. Camera pans to a little, you know, dark haired boy who's a little bit older than Dexter. You, re you realize for the first time, Dexter realizes for the first time and says, I have a brother. And that's when uh -huh. he's sort of like pulled out of this flashback. And there is his brother, who is Rudy, not his real name. His real name is Brian Moser. And he's standing Right on the right on the you know doorstep of his childhood home. This was an amazing payoff. This was an amazing buildup. I have to be honest. I didn't see this coming at no. all. Nope, not the first time. No. In retrospect, retrospect, I feel like I should have seen it coming. But well, they give you his father, then they give you his mother. But at the same time, the show does such a great job of like not even planting that idea that 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 it could be but i i i can totally see what you're saying yeah like watching it's like it's like this should be more obvious like yeah he's way too into joe joe driscoll he's yes. way too into like the mother flashback stuff yep but the and show Harry, got, and got harry many, too but they they pulled it off they yeah did. i mean they, maybe there's yeah there there's the occasional person that's watching out there that that can probably pinpoint it like oh that's got to be his real brother or something I guess maybe but, we were just dumber when we were younger. And we I mean, that's what I'm concluding know. like every day of my life that like I just, 
used to be pretty dumb. And maybe that makes me question whether I currently am dumb, which is well, very I don't possible. think so. I think I think this I think the show just did a really good job of like <laughs> it did with this with this payoff and like yeah. And they dropped little hints, it, but it wasn't anything that that you should be like, oh my god, I should have picked up on that. Yeah. Any other this is who Rudy is would not have been as good as as this. Like this this was like the ultimate awesome twist and just like oh my fucking god like this whole season makes sense now it does and this whole and I, this whole show everything we've gone through makes sense i actually and you start picked, to put all those you start to like retrospective retroactively put all those pieces together and yes yeah, yeah. and i i actually picked up on things that i didn't pick up on the first like two times i watched the yeah. show um mm-hmm. like the the idea that rudy was actually or sorry we should call him brian now that Spiney was actually trying to not only like reveal all of this, but also drive a wedge between Dexter and Dev. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I didn't really pick up on because his ultimate goal at the end was like, I'm going to have to convince Dexter like to join me to like sort of mm-hmm. leave what he thought was his family behind and join his, his real family. So that's why he was trying to sort of like reveal Harry's darknesses and Harry's like vulnerabilities and why he why he tried to like you know cause those arguments and have a beer with Dexter and you know blow Deborah off for Dexter like all Uh of this was just so perfectly plotted out and with and I don't think I picked up on those little nuances like the first few times it's an incredible villain just an incredible everything he does he does for a reason it's all part of this master plan yep We'll talk about the end game, which I don't know. Everything that's led up to here. Yeah. yeah. Pretty awesome. Yeah, definitely. Um, and it turns out also that Rudy was there in the um shipping container yeah. as well, what seeing his mom die as well. We don't know more about that yet in this moment, but we will. So Dexter it means in the meantime runs into the house. He's frantically looking for Deb. I think Rudy or Brian was disappointed that you know, Dexter wasn't a little bit more happy about this reunion. And in his search for Deborah, Dexter opens the door to another flashback where he remembers this childhood moment of playing with his brother. Um, I guess playing with cars like on the floor. And <laughs> little Brian, Hi. like, yeah. Hi. Little Brian puts a band-aid on Dexter's knee. Oh, a mean band-aid. Um, uh, no, this was a nice band-aid. Oh, okay. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> but it was a useless nice band-aid because his knee there was literally nothing wrong with the knee. It was just like just a band-aid on a plain, perfectly fine kneecap. Oh, kids um, love band-aids. Kids, yeah, I think it was just for fun. And so Dexter's sort of enjoying watching th- this sort of unfold. And then little boy Dexter turns. <laughs> makes eye contact with big boy Dexter he says <laughs> and says hi and then he says look out yeah and and then Brian like tranks him and you're like oh shit all right Brian's got the upper hand here well he let his guard down the memories came flooding back and yeah he's looking for Deb and yeah it's yeah true. but uh, it was a little surprising that he didn't get a little like he wasn't more on the attack of Rudy but I think he's just so floored by you know, this reveal. Yeah. 
and, and like and sort of like okay right like yeah. fixated on like where's deb i'll deal with you in a second but like where's deb we're gonna cut back to the police station real quick angel says that um brian moser was he he i guess walks in from the hospital he's still wearing his nightgown like he, <laughs> still bleeding from the spleen but he's you know he yeah. comes in his ass is hanging out yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> something stuck to his ass he's got like he's like got the iv from the yeah. hospital like with him <laughs> yeah he's got that nurse just like holding his pee bag behind him but um she knows is there <laughs> she knows just it's here for the walk to get some fresh air <laughs> hey i got a clue from she knows i brought him over <laughs> yeah and uh she knows he makes quite an entrance though good for angel you know? <laughs> he does he really I knows know how I to have just called them but whatever <laughs> he's there <laughs> he need this needed to be delivered in person and he reveals that brian moser was institutionalized for antisocial personality disorder he was released at age 21 esme who i think fits in real well with this miami metro department says check the water yeah we should probably just check the water guys check be- check the water because we triangulated the cell phone. <laughs> Sorry, uh, my brain forgot how to function for a second. That's okay. That's all uh, right. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> and uh, thoughts and the... sentences are are tough sometimes. Yeah, it's true. Words. <laughs> the cell phone was triangulated, and it was over the they. It was over the water, but that was like twelve hours ago. And right. is like. Um, he probably ditched the phone like yeah you know. that was like 12 hours ago he probably took her somewhere else at this point <laughs> and she as is like i don't i wouldn't i don't want to say petty but like it seems like she's going to ignore laguerta's logic just to mm-hmm. give her a hard time um right. but then laguerta There's like still not enough cops to do both things at once like no how about absolutely. like half of us check the water and half of us like do maria's thing I don't nope know. there's I don't only know. four it's only four with a pulse memories Memories, get your bathing suit on and dive (laughs) off and dive in this reminds me of that time that i found out that you can't hold your breath underwater (laughs) (laughs) laguerta actually goes into as what does she what does she want to check at this point because she knows it's not in the water she thinks it's on land but this is again like how do they get from point a to point b on this one well, they got they got Brian Moser's information now, right? So oh, like, so they have his like he's place registered, of birth. yeah, like uh, where his name is registered to. That's so, crazy how like eleven episodes they couldn't <laughs> find anything, and and they get his exact address in twelve seconds. Yep, that is pretty amazing, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's exactly where he's located too. Esme <laughs> says, um, I think as the as the viewer, we're, we're at this point assuming that Esme is going to like continue to be sort of this like bitch who gives LaGuardia a hard time. But she actually is like, yeah, yeah. no, She's the captain cool. doesn't know me very well. So let's let's go. Let's do what you want to do. It's kind of a cool yeah. moment. No, she's good. Meanwhile, Dexter wakes up from his uh, tranquility. He is taped to a chair and there's a beer in front of him. Um, which is really he's, funny because his arms like, are taped down. How the fuck down. am I supposed to drink this? <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't you have loved to see him try to just like just like pick it up with his mouth and yeah, and then then back, yeah. slosh it back and put it back on yeah. the table? <laughs> he just pours it like all over his face. <laughs> Dexter, he had a drinking problem. <laughs> Brian is sitting across the table from him. Reveals that he actually bought the house. This house. 
for Isn't Dexter. That convenient, right? <laughs> Tops. Yeah. yeah, that is super convenient. You know, he this whole conversation, he's just sort of trying to like get Dexter to see that he's trapped in this lie and that like Harry took Dexter in. But when Harry like looked at Brian inside that shipping container, he Harry like concluded that Brian was too fucked up to like take in as well. Brian really only had the memory of a family while Dexter was like thrown into a family and raised mm-hmm. by this family. So you could see why Brian is so um, like agitated by the thought of the Morgan family. So uh, it's it's all like valid points, but it's also like this is all Dexter knows is the, is the Morgan family. So it's like it really is a tough predicament to be in here. Um, I but- think Harry, Harry like splitting the boys up. I mean... It's shitty. It that, really is shitty. It's shitty. It's shitty to be like the younger one won't remember this. I can still save him. We're gonna institutionalize the other one. And yeah. it's weird too. Like, did you really get all that from just like looking at them in the shipping container? That like, uh, this kid. Well, pretty... age age wise, it makes sense. But like, it makes sense age wise. But like to conclude that Brian was too fucked up to be taken in. Yeah, yeah. I think that he should have at least done something to like help the kid. Yeah, just like throw him in an institution because clearly (laughs) unless Brian was like took out a Sharpie and was like drawing on his mom's legs, you know, (laughs) well, I don't think it worked that fast. But yeah, (laughs) like, oh, I'm just still I'm just still wondering when he had time to go to medical school. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Well, you know, he got out at 20. He got out at 21. Right. Yeah. So he's, he's much older than that. He's like late 30s. Right. Yeah, at least. At least because he's older than Dexter. Yeah. So he went to evil medical school, became a doctor after killing Rudy Cooper, right? Yeah, but he had to get a job to save enough money to go to evil medical school, right? I don't know what he did for a living before that, but... He studied the human form and oh. got really knowledgeable and yeah. And Oh, wasn't he in Europe doing that? He prob- Yeah, he probably went to... Like an undergrad somehow. I don't know how yeah. to pay for it, but okay. Yeah. And then he All went right. to evil medical school. And then he was like, okay, I gotta go find Dexter. I'm fucked up and I just want to kill people and I want something to do it with me. Yeah. I want to draw butts. Draw on butts. Not draw butts. Draw on butts. <laughs> um <I'm> trying, but... <laughs> so Brian <laughs> cuts butts is fun too. Yeah, that is sort of funny. <laughs> Brian cuts the um tape off Dexter and and in this moment says, like, you can be your real genuine self with me and as Dexter like that has to be tempting when has Dexter ever had a person where he can actually like connect and relate to and be himself and not have to hide Mm -hmm. like it's got to be refreshing to know that that option exists in that moment Brian slides the knife to Dexter on the table and says I think we're ready for Deborah they go back to the dojo Deb is naked on the table with plastic just how Dexter likes it. He sets it up the way Dexter sets up his victims. Right, right. And which is it... kind of crazy to think like uh Brian was like stalking Dexter to the point where he actually was like in one of his kill rooms with him. Or... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I was gonna say the Valerie Castillo thing, but no, I mean he he just how dove into the... he, know? he just dove eighty five yards into the water to to get her out. Oh <laughs> um... well, yeah, he did that. He took scuba lessons too in the yeah, ten which, year span. <laughs> like, why did we not talk about that in that episode? <laughs> Fucking insane. Pliny, I have one question for you. 
How, How did, did you, you get, get Valerie Castillo out of the way? <laughs> How did you put naked Valerie Castillo in my dream? <laughs> <laughs> so Dexter does say, like, does it have to be Deb? Um, because I honestly, I think that Dexter is truly considering it. He's considering like, yeah, that's this is tempting. Like I could go with Brian and I, I could have a brother and start that sort of life where I don't have to hide. I have to hide from everyone, but not from him. Is this a misstep by Rudy going for Deb? Whereas if he wanted Dexter to join, maybe going for someone that wasn't so close to him, maybe this was too much of a jump. I don't, I actually disagree with that. Like if he gets gets dokes somehow, (laughs) puts him on the table and he's like, this man's innocent, like, but he's on to you. So, right. Let's, Yeah. I mean, yeah, I agree, but I, I, I do it think had it, to be. it has to be dead. It, ha- it has to be. You have to be a monster with me. Like you, you have, have to be a monster with me, but you also have to cut ties with you have sort of the no... only connection that you have yeah. in your life. Yep. You have to. You have to be empty inside. You just have to. You just have to be like killer, and that's it. And like and a shell of a human. Yeah, and I think that's his pitfall here: is assuming that Dexter is just as empty as he is. And mm-hmm. Dexter thinks he's just as empty as Brian is, but we, as from watching the first twelve episodes of this season, where we as the audience know that like he's not, he has substance and he does care about yep. people. It's kind um, of the ultimate nature versus nurture. Yeah, I I I understand Dexter being torn about like what Harry taught him and the code um, and all of that, and they they sort of bring this up here. Rudy says something, or Brian says something. Like, Who am I? Uh, a killer. Oh, he says, who am I? And Dexter says, a killer without reason or regret. And Rudy's like, yeah, that like makes me free. <laughs> like, I can kill without regret. Um, and he says to Dexter, like, you have to embrace who you are. I can I can help you. Like, let's do this together. And he's got Deb on the table and he's like holding the knife and he's ready. Oh, you can't um, be a killer and a hero. Yeah. He gives him shit for being like a vigilante. Like, you only you only kill people that deserve it. And like, that's not the way it works. You're right. Either a killer or you're, yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Or a hero. You can't be both. Right. Because, because yeah. I think Dexter says like, he can't, he can't go through with killing Deb because he's like fond of her. And that's what triggers well, Rudy yeah. to say. Like, yeah. Right. And both. he's like, fuck the code. The code's not a thing. Like this is in your, this is in your nature. Like it's your, it's your, you want to, you want to kill for the same reasons I do. Yeah. It's because of what we went through. Right. Once he realizes that Dexter is not going to follow through with killing Deb, he grabs the knife, is about to stab Deborah. Dexter stops him. And that's when Deb like wait, opens her eyes and wakes up for the first time. Um, so we have to assume that Deborah didn't hear any of the conversation leading up to this, Nothing. which Nothing. would have changed the entire trajectory <laughs> yep. of the show. So Dexter, like the timing works out for a lot of things for this for this episode <laughs> yes, and this does. show. Yeah, very yep. convenient. Yeah. So Dexter stops him. They they fight a little bit. Brian actually gets the upper hand here and like knees Dexter right in the face. That's when Dokes and Laguerta and then are... and Dokes is there. <laughs> Dokes and Laguerta just appear. <laughs> That's where I was are. like, what? Yeah. What? Where the fuck did Dokes come from? Yeah, I had to like take up two boats and a taxi and a helicopter just to get here, <laughs> and you're here in like ten minutes. Well, that's where I, that's what I meant by point A to point B before. Yeah. 
Just right. Like, like what the fuck? All of a sudden, Dokes is here. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so they want they. He's like so into it too. He is. He's really into it. <laughs> so into it. So they walk in, they they break in, and they see Deborah on the table. They see Dexter, but Rudy or Brian has escaped somehow. Like he went through this door to the garage, and so they open the door, and Dexter's like, "He's he's in there through the garage." And, like I can't imagine what Dokes is thinking at this point. Like Dexter, how, why why are you here? How are uh, you here? Yeah. Um, well, he gets yeah. We'll get into that. Yeah. So they go like Dokes gets into the garage, but Rudy's gone because there's a convenient underground railroad escape route. And I love that there's like a convenient axe next to the lock that (laughs) for Dokes to bring. (laughs) Yes, there is. You know, he just goes hog wild on that door. Yeah. Yes, he does. He does. That's where he gets an axe right next to the lock. Yeah. So but like Rudy escapes through a tunnel. Yeah, it's some <laughs> underground ground <laughs> tunnel. Well, I mean, every I guess every good serial killer needs their escape plan, and yeah, that's true. I guess that was his. We're he gonna really look that dirty in the in the next couple scenes, though. So I don't know. No, he went in there and he he did a deep clean of that underground tunnel. <laughs> okay, don't worry, <laughs> don't worry. It's all good. Uh, yeah, yeah, you don't need to worry about it. Don't need to worry about that. A few hours later, Deb is, I guess, in the back of the ambulance at this point. Dokes just goes off on the on Dexter. Um, As saying he should. He, yeah, saying he's going to request an immediate suspension, all of this, because, yeah, he showed up and Dexter was there. And Deborah like, bolts out of the ambulance, like, the back of the ambulance, and says, back the fuck off, my brother, he's a fucking hero. It was awesome. It was... It was also like really over the top, but like, but also awesome. Yeah. And convenient. Like it, it got him out of the crosshairs, you know, for now. And it did. It did. And I think maybe the Dokes and Deborah like setup was important at the beginning of this season. The only reason he hasn't like gone ape shit on Dexter is because he felt that sort of bond with yeah. Deborah. Yeah. But and he has to, uh, and you know Maria's there, and and Dexter just—I mean, this is probably the best excuse he has, of like he—he he told me he would only, like I had to come alone or he'd kill Deborah. Yes. I mean, you'd still have to be like, well, why the fuck is he calling you? I don't know. Right. It's like, well, my furniture arrived from Thailand, and <laughs> <laughs> this was the delivery address. And so. Dope just starts punching him in the face again. Yeah. <laughs> Dexter gets into the ambulance with Deb and they're going to go, um, I guess, take Deb to the hospital. They're just they're talking back and forth. And she's sort of like, you know, why me? Why does this shit keep happening to me? Yeah. Why do I, I keep... think this is the first time this has happened to her? But well, I guess what I meant was like <laughs> picking the wrong guy. But yeah, this is the first yeah, time she fell in love extreme. with a serial killer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> At least Sean, the mechanic, didn't try to chop off my legs. That is true. That is true, yeah. Uh, I don't know about the other Sean. He smelled like cheese. She's Dexter... Sean, Sean, and Biney. So not not a great track record so far. No, not a good track record at all. Maybe she and, should get uh, in older guys or something. Ooh, nice. <laughs> nice. But not like just like a little older, like at least like double three, her age. Like three times her age older? Probably three times her age. Yeah. Maybe, we'll see if maybe she per- 
pursues that strategy next season. Internally, I think Dexter, obviously Dexter knows why Brian chose Deb, but he can't, he can't just come out and say that. So he's like, you're just lucky, I guess. And I can't imagine the guilt that he feels about like, it's, it's because of him that Deb went through this. He's, I guess his like cover is good, right? Like if I'm Maria Huerta, I'm seeing it as he kidnapped Deb. Like he was, he was dating her. He was the ice truck killer. Mm -hmm. He knew the cops were on to him. So he, he baited Deborah. He kidnapped her. He knew Dexter was the brother. So he said, you have to come alone. Otherwise I'm going to kill her. So, and for like regular cop, like Dexter's not, I mean, he's involved in that their brother and sister, but that's it. Yeah. From, I guess from the Guerra's perspective. Yes. Unless you're dokes and he's like, yeah furniture from thailand my ass yeah <laughs> yeah that that was like, the that was the one that was like come on man that one and sort of the fake emotion of like oh deborah's missing and then like the hospital yeah. what happened at the hospital with angel and all of that so yeah. there's a lot yeah. but i i can see why Laguerta's too preoccupied to like see it but dokes is looking for it so oh yeah it makes oh, sense yeah. The one sort of important line that I took from this scene with Dex and, Dex and Deborah in the ambulance, she hugs him and says, dad would be so proud, which is a pretty significant line because at this point, I don't think Dexter has a very positive outlook on Harry. You still f- have to think that he's grappling with like, oh yeah, did I make the right choice kind of a thing. Right. Meanwhile, Mean Band-Aid want- gets another phone call later in the <laughs> evening. He calls Rita. Yeah. She's playing with toys again. He tells Rita to look for a shoe. <laughs> Just remembers that out of nowhere. Yeah. It's like, oh, by the oh, way. Oh, no, no, no. They go through his stuff. They go through his stuff. Right. They go through his stuff at the, yeah. And uh, one of, he's, he's missing one of his shoes from his like personal belongings. And he was like, I'm, I was trying to figure out why my ankle was bruised and it, it must, like, my foot must have like hit the door on the way out when Dexter like dragged me out. It's that's a little convenient, but uh, you've been hitting the head way too many times. dude. I don't know what you're talking about. And then he hit me with a traffic cone (laughs) in the face. (laughs) I don't remember anything after that. Yeah. Then it's all just dark. And Rita like hangs up on him, says, screw you and hangs up. Then we have Dexter is waiting for Deb in the hospital and the doctor comes out and says, Deb's fine. And that it's up to you. Do you want to like, take her home and like you, you can or you can let her stay here overnight and his which voice you're over- like which you're like you're thinking like who cares but it's like it's actually pretty important yeah and yeah. You're, you're thinking that he's going to take her home because didn't deb say to him in the ambulance like she didn't want to stay at the hospital like she wanted to mm-hmm. stay with him his voice over here is also saying like he's not alone harry kept it from me all these years like and that's really shitty like all these years, Harry never let him know that he actually had a brother. And so Dexter uses the word betrayal when he's talking about Harry, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. We're going to cut now to Dexter's apartment, and he is tucking his sister in to the bed, to his bed. He's going to sleep on the couch, and he's going to let his sister sleep on his bed and says, good night, sister, goes to sleep on the couch. Later in the evening, Brian breaks into Dexter's apartment, uh, walks over and sees Dexter sleeping on the couch, and he's, like, knocked out. So Brian just casually, like, 
walks directly into Dexter's bedroom, takes out a knife, and stabs who you think is Deb laying in the bed. And as he does that, he, like, rips the blanket off, and it's not Deb. It's a bunch of prosthetic body parts. Dexter, like, chokes him from behind, like, I guess, jumps up, chokes him from behind, and says, your work is so good, you even fooled yourself. And yeah. Brian falls asleep. Another great twist. Yeah. I thought I thought like the twists were over after the brother thing. Me too. Yeah. And and so to have a to get another one. Yeah. And for for Dexter to outsmart Ice Truck Killer after all the after all the I mean he's been like trying to catch up and play his game. Yeah. And he turns the tables on him and That's uses cool. his own shit against him. Yeah, very cool. Stopping at his prosthetics lab is an interesting timeline thing that happened. But they do a lot of like unnecessary errands and stuff. But yeah, <laughs> they do. Like you just could have just gone with a wig, maybe. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> I don't know. The elbow was super convincing. The elbow sticking out of the blanket. Yeah. No, I mean, I thought it was her too. It's just, you know, very convenient that he like gets all the body parts in and then tucks her in and then starts talking to her at the exact moment that Rudy shows up at his house. That is true. That is true. <laughs> Brian, but I guess right. he he had to he had to assume that Rudy just Brian just follows him everywhere and is always watching him, right? Which is right. why so the, when we have seen right. him go to his prosthetics lab. Yeah, and, that's why yeah. that thing doesn't make a lot of sense to me. But it's okay. Yeah, we can look past that. We can. I love the sound of him choking out Rudy, like the whoosh, like when he like oh, gets the the wire around the his wire. Neck. Yeah. yeah. That is cool, but I I also wonder why he uses the wire sometimes and sometimes uses a trank. Did he just not have a trank? He doesn't have knives, so he has to use silverware later. So, Oh, true. It all so, comes back to our, our long-lost brother and what you did. Yeah. Silverware. That's true. That's wow. Well done. Brian wakes up, and he is on his own murder table dentist chair thing. You could see that Dexter is shaken here. He, he's not talking to him like he talks to his normal victims. You know, he's like, he's actually kind of upset that Brian wakes up and he's like, you weren't supposed to. Like, he pulls out, like, I guess the sterling silver, which is the... the <laughs> they took the, all his uh, knives, yeah. Yeah, they took all his knives. Brian says, I keep the sterling silver for special occasions. And Dexter's like, which you are. It's another and... gutsy move to go right back to this guy's house after the cops have been there. Oh, man, yeah. Like, dude, you got away with it. Like, go somewhere else. Especially, like, how do you know Karen isn't still here, like, <laughs> labeling shit? You told her to, like, pack up the whole house. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, I don't think the world would be mad if we got rid of, rid of one more Karen. Yeah, I agree. That would be funny, though, if she walked in while, he, like, Rudy was on the table. Yeah. You know? And you speak to a manager. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I need to speak to a manager. Dexter the way you're killing him. him is just wrong. Okay. <laughs> Throws a Starbucks uh, in his face. Yeah. <laughs> Get out of here, Karen. No, well, she, you know, she's got to start practicing because Karen's need a, a Karen to set the precedent of how to be a Karen. So exactly, exactly. Yeah. So they have this back and forth, which is really—it's actually kind of touching. You know, this like yeah. you're not a, you're not a trophy. I'm not going to like cut your cheek because you're not a trophy. And the, Brian says to him, like, like, I tried to help you by killing Deborah because that would like kind of set you free. 
And Dexter's like, I know that! And, like, screams, and you could tell he's really mm-hmm. emotional. And he says, like, it, this isn't easy for him, but, like, he does say that Brian has done more to deserve his knife than anyone. He says, you're the only victim that I've ever wanted to set free. And then Brian says, you're the one who needs to be set free, little brother. And that's when Dexter slits his throat. They have, like, a little forehead hug. They did, yeah. Yeah, they just sort of rubbed head heads head. together. Takes out the sterling silver. It's a great back and forth. I think Rudy was either going to have this work or be fine with his own demise. I, I, I have to believe it. Yeah. He's, he kind of seems like he's come to terms with it. Like, I'm so fucked up. If I don't have anybody, if I don't have my brother with me, like, I'm just alone. And I'm, I, you know, the whole plan, did, the whole plan didn't work. Like, I, he doesn't put up much of a fight is what I'm trying to say. He doesn't. Yeah. He knows it's coming and he seems to be at peace with it. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. He doesn't plead at all. It's not about that. And he probably knew the whole time that that you're right. Like it, he was either going to go off into the sunset with his brother or he was going to be killed. But I think he was okay with either one. Yeah. Dexter then like rotates the table upside down and the blood starts sort of like, you know, draining from Rudy's body, from Brian's body. I guess Dexter stages this very, uh, suicidally later LaGuardia says something we don't have to go through this whole scene but she says like by taking his own life he's preventing us from ever catching him Mm -hmm. so like yeah there is no there's not going to be an investigation here as to like was this actually a suicide like they they make that nice and clear so now we're you know the we're in the like aftermath of finale excitement and we've got a couple couple of scenes left here Dexter sort of gets back to his normal routine he brings coffee back to rita which is nice and they sort of like make up and not that they were fighting but you know she he was kind of blowing her off for a bit there but they have this back and forth where uh rita says poor thing talking about deb like falling for a serial killer and dexter's like what are the odds which is a (laughs) a really cool exchange it's it's also sort of significant here because rita asks him like if he's okay and he flat out says like no I'm not all mm-hmm. right. Like says he can use a little more time with Rita and the family. You know, he leaves. At this he... point, I'm really trying to like decipher if it's like this is the end of Dexter or did they know there's a season two? I think Dokes and the Shoe. Dokes and the Shoe. Yeah. It. Yep. Dokes and the Shoe. You and know. if they don't give you a season two, people are going to be super pissed. Yeah. So he leaves. Dexter leaves Rita's house. And as he's leaving, who is <laughs> sitting in a car staring at him, but Dokes. Uh, just De Niro watching, jokes. yeah, just watching his every move, which <laughs> De Niro jokes, which I think is actually kind of awesome the way that they did this because wasn't it just like a few episodes earlier that Dokes was the one like getting tailed and like followed by yes Guerrero's guys yes. who were just like sit yes. in their car, so I thought yep. this was like kind of a cool, yep, like he went through what he went through and learned how to like stalk somebody because that's what Guerrero did to him. Yeah. He wasn't in the fucking shipping container looking for furniture. Or bananas. Or bananas. Like, he's connected. He doesn't know how. (laughs) And he really doesn't. Like, he doesn't know that Dexter does what he does, but he knows there's more. There's so much more to him Mm -hmm. than than people. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to be his project now. I mean. He is. He is. And we get some fun lines here in Dexter's uh, voiceover. 
you know, just saying like, there's no one left alive who can handle my truth. And he looks at Dokes and <laughs> says, my devil danced with his demon and the fiddler's tune is far from over. Awesome. Which I, I guess <laughs> it's, it's a bizarre line to me. I felt a little out of place, but it was kind of funny. It seems like it was just taken from the book and put it yeah. into the show. <laughs> oh, maybe. Yeah, you're probably yeah. right. And as Dexter drives away, Rita comes out to like take out the trash, sees Paul's shoe just sitting there. That's going to that's going to set some nice things up for us for next season. It does. It does. Yeah. Um, and if they had just if they had just ended this here, I would have been more like, OK, season two, we got our we got our little clues like we're ready to go. But they don't. They don't. And so our final yeah. scene here, we've got sort of the montage and the vo and the Dexter voiceovers. Deborah gets out of the car. They're back at the police station. And he says, dearly damaged Deborah," mm -hmm. which must also be directly from the book, I'm assuming. And the theme song starts playing. Yeah, the theme song starts yeah. playing, which is awesome. Yeah. And he does say in his voiceover, like, Dexter, uh, Deborah's in hiding now, too. Like, she's here. She's mourning Rudy. She... she's yeah. gotta she's gotta kind of suck it up and get back to life but it's it really is the epitome of embarrassment if you think about it oh yeah and then the the wildness of this finale happens where um <laughs> he says in his he voiceover <laughs> yeah he says yeah. everyone else would thank me if only if like they knew what i did the scene transitions into like a huge celebration for dexter in his mind right. Did you see any of the like signs and stuff that are like being held up? Cause they're kind of funny. I tried to read some of them. I just saw that. Well, I mean the, I love Dexter plane and the, yeah, but I didn't see any of the signs being held up. There was like a Josie and Dexter forever sign. Oh, nice. Which, which was okay. pretty cool. And people were like clapping and cheering and it's the most smiling you ever see Dexter and Deborah do as well. Right. And the this final, is, this is where I had the issue. Like, yeah. Is it, it's either, it's one of two things. It's, we might not get a season two or like, this is it we're playing the song. And like, he's imagining what life would be like if uh, everyone knew that what he's doing, he's doing for the right reasons. Or the show is really just like patting itself on the back. <laughs> Great job show. We did it. I mean, <laughs> I guess it sort of makes you wonder, like, does Dexter think that he like deserves this celebration? No. I I didn't I didn't get that read. No, I, I got, got the, that. The, I got like more meta from the creators of the show of like, okay. what are we doing? I mean, it for me the it resonated with the with Rudy's line of like, you can you can't be a killer and a hero. It doesn't oh, work yeah. that way. Yeah. So that's right. sort of what like it it brought me to that, and I was like, Dexter in his mind thinking, you know what? Maybe I can. Maybe I can be a killer and a hero. It, it I don't know. It it was definitely a cool way to like wrap yeah. things up um and yeah. his final line he says yeah they see me i'm one of them in their darkest dreams blackout right. and then yeah. everyone everyone comes out to bow <laughs> donut fingers <laughs> is out first <laughs> uh she gives a little head nod to the pianist in the corner you know all um, the karens come out all together. the karens come out <laughs> yep <laughs> Um, Valerie Castillo is naked and she walks out. Um, and then, like, yeah. Harry helps her out off the stage. Yeah. yeah. Harry, like, eases her there and then starts clapping. I don't know. I, Dexter obviously has the last bow, but, like, does he bow with Deborah? Does 
do dokes and like wear it about together probably Maybe they like pick up Rudy's head or something. maybe or yeah laguerta's holding christopher lloyd's head and Oh, there you go. yeah Yeah. i like that a Yeah, lot that'd be cool. and then That'd be cool. neil perry and his mom come out <laughs> <laughs> so that's anyway that's how this Those are the bows. Yeah. those are the those that's the bow order but that's how this season comes to an end here and it was it was an incredible first season it was definitely a season that i will remember forever you know it's like one of those when you think back to the best seasons of tv that ever existed like this isn't number one but it's definitely like top five top ten Oh yeah, when you have such a good first season, this you set the bar so high. I know. And Dexter uh is one of the rare shows that manages to outdo this season with a better season. Um Agreed. I don't I don't mean to bring up my other favorite show Lost, but season 1 of Lost is I mean one of my favorite seasons of anything ever of all time. Mm hmm Yeah. And it it kind of reminds me of Dexter a little bit in that it it does top itself, but This season one, like I'll always have that, that memory of just loving every second of Lost of season one of like the wrath launching and all that stuff is like nothing, uh, nothing can ever beat that for me. And I think that Dexter kind of does the same thing where it was written so perfectly and wrapped up so perfectly and it might have something to do with the book being as good as it was, but they do manage to. keep this thing going and even outdo themselves, which Yeah. and, and they're going to be highlight. There's gonna be highs and lows though, for sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And you know that during the lows, we have the most fun. But the highs are definitely the, the best television. So it's a win-win for us, really. Yeah. <laughs> it's a win-win. It's a win-win. <laughs> I'm just curious, though. You mentioned that Lost, uh, there is a season that outdoes the first one. Which one in your brain outdoes the first season of Lost? I would just say three, just because of Through Okay. the Looking Glass. Okay. But it, I mean, I could put season one on on top also. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I there's was, nothing better than, yeah. I, I knew you weren't going to say the, the flat, the, um, time travel season. Um, I like I like all of Lost. There's not one second of Lost I don't like besides yeah, like I some know. of the stuff in season six, like the beginning of the beginning of three and the beginning of six are Yeah. like. A little wonky but Yes, the beginning of three is super slow. I remember that. but most 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 episodes of lost i would rather watch than anything else in my life Yeah, I agree. and Except Dexter. yeah Except Dexter, because that's what we're <laughs> talking about. i know i know i know Uh, that is not but a yeah. lot lo not a lost podcast All right, but so... there i mean there's a lot of similarities like with There are. them knocking it out of the park you know Yeah. like that's why these two shows became so successful and caught and caught such a following and They Yeah. had big expectations to live up to after just dynamite first seasons and Right. And I think this this Dexter, like, really, like, caught... people off guard i think like we didn't nobody knew any because if you didn't read the books you didn't really mm -hmm. know anything about it so it's like holy shit is this show really as good as it seems right now because it's really good <laughs> but lost had my, my comparison here is that lost had like a lot of like people were talking about it and everyone knew about it and this dexter was like Yeah. sort of under the radar um Well, you have to also factor in that like Lost was on uh ABC and yeah widely available and Dexter you had to buy Showtime, you Right, know. right. And I think I, I don't remember if Six Feet Under was HBO or Showtime. I th it was one of them because it wasn't And on and this cable and this TV. is and Michael C. Hall had just finished that before Yeah, doing this. So right. 
I don't remember what other shows were on Showtime back then. The Homeland. Yeah, was that was that okay? I think Homeland I was Sopranos. One of Sopranos was definitely HBO, but this was before Breaking Bad and all that. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. this is before streaming was really like a thing. So yeah, yeah, you had to you had to purchase Showtime and yep, you needed that premium account for sure. You needed um, to like have that argument with your parents about why you needed Showtime and yep, yeah. <laughs> Luckily, you had the argument. I didn't have to. That's what's great about <laughs> I don't being remember, brothers. Actually. I think I was in college when I you were. watched Dexter. You were, and yeah. I watched it online. I think I I watched it online I don't remember. somehow. Anyway, yeah. let's wrap up this season because we got a lot to sort of like tie a bow on here. First of all, we do have a murder, a Dexter kill in this episode. So cue the music. Dexter murders people. Then we talk, we talk about how creative it was. That's happening now, yeah. All right. So now Tom, tickly, tickly Tom. Excellent transition back into talking about, did you get a chance to rank this murder? 30 out of 30. Wow, all right. All right, Josh goes 30 out of 30. I'm going perfect. Okay. I, uh, I was trying to like nitpick and think of something I didn't like about it, but the banter, the, what's the other one? Like the magnitude, magnitude, obviously. Yeah. Creativity. That was the only one that I fake out. Oh Oh, man. The creativity. Okay. Deb. Okay. With his own, with his own technique. Okay. You're right. You're right. If this isn't a, if this isn't a perfect 30, I don't know what is. Okay. No, you're right. It had all three. Okay. I'm convinced. I'm convinced. I forgot about the fake Deb because I was thinking like creativity of like the actual kill and he he had to use the like Sterling Silver knife, but still, oh, I mean no. the fake Deb. Yeah, the fake Deb was amazing. You're right. He like ice, he like uses his own tools against him and turns the table and after this whole season of like him trying to just keep up with the guy. Yeah. Yeah, he's for like, sure. I'm going to put some body parts in a bed and I'm going to fucking yeah. wrap this wire around your neck do you have a dirty deb's quote because she didn't have a lot (laughs) (laughs) yeah she was unconscious for most of it or her she was unconscious or like taped running running around a dojo aimlessly (laughs) (laughs) is that the quote of the episode of like her just grunting running around (laughs) yeah the grunting sounds of her running around a dojo okay sure blind oh you could say back the fuck off my brother i guess but the only line she has okay I'll, g- I'll give you that one <laughs> back the fuck off my brother i'm gonna write for me blind grunts in the jojo sure. okay perfect <laughs> okay i've got some pretty clear mvps and lvps in this episode um where do you want to start uh i'm looking at my lvps and i'm like second guessing myself mm. so why don't you tell me your LVPs. Okay. Well, my clearest one is Harry Morgan. Hid the fact that Dexter had a brother from him his entire life and made the choice for the family, made the choice for Brian that he was too messed up to take him in and made the choice that Dexter would never, ever know him. And that's a really shitty decision that is not really yours to make because you're just a cop. Yeah, you took him in. a monster. Yeah, and you created a monster, but like you created a monster. You, who knows? Maybe if he had his brother growing up, 
who knows? But like at the same time, that's it's a really shitty move to do as sort of like a random cop. Because yeah, he became Dexter's father figure, but at the yep. time, who are you to separate him from his brother and to make that determination? And you have to imagine that Deborah was born after all this, right? So mm -hmm. like in theory, he could have taken in both of them. Yeah. As his as his kids. Yeah. Like and yeah. like even though the other the one's older is gonna remember more, like I have to give I have to give one to Harry too. Okay. So we're gonna double on Harry here. Yeah, because um, I'm gonna erase my other one. Wait, what oh, what was your other one? I don't know why I had dokes. Um, like going after I think I had him for like going after Dexter after he saved Deb. Oh it was just okay. like Yeah. But, yeah, something minor, but yeah. I gave mine to Brian because Yeah, me too. Yeah. I he he underestimated Dexter's emotional capacity, you know, and his ultimate plan failed. So, you know, he he's got to take an LVP here because this isn't what he wanted. No, he's he, dead. Yeah, he's dead. He died. So I, I assume that's not what he wanted to happen. <laughs> no. So yeah. I'm going to go one Harry, one Brian. Yeah, for Brian, it's uh, I think like going for Deb was a really big like leap of faith that mm -hmm. this dude would abandon all his morals and the family he grew up with yeah and like become an empty shell monster with you but it had to be her like it had to be her it did and i, did. And, I and i still think i still think the ultimate plan was he's either going to join me or you know i'm he's going to beat me yeah uh so we're we're both on board there so that's negative two for harry and a negative two for brian brian slash rudy slash ice truck killer Slash Neil Perry slash Tony Tucci. Uh, Tony Tucci. The Ice yeah. Truck Killer has seven names. Yeah, the Ice Truck Killer is a lot of people. <laughs> um, Roberta Perry. MVPs. Um, I obviously I got to give it to Dexter here. So I'll I'll just straight up I'll tell you my two. Dexter definitely, and then Angel is the only reason why they solved anything. So I'm giving it to Dexter and Angel here. There you go. What about you? I have Dex. I have Dexter also for obvious reasons. Mm -hmm. But I'm gonna go Maria. Okay. I think I was, that I was torn between she, the two of them. So she's, yeah, yeah. She's painted. She's painted as a villain, and in the beginning, this unnecessary resentment towards Deb really wasn't like it wasn't working for the show. It wasn't enjoyable to watch, and for her to do this kind of heel turn, and even after she gets demoted unfairly, she puts the safety of of Deborah over her own ego, and yeah, she's kind of plays peacekeeper and she's you know she just, just goes back to doing the job even though she just lost her her status and she she becomes a character you kind of empathize with yeah i think definitely i i was so torn between angel and and laguerta no, i could yeah i could have gone either way yeah but him like coming also, in she as knows like, she knows yeah. was in the running but <laughs> yeah she knows and um sam <laughs> george what was his name rob bob bob marley Mar <laughs> yeah, Bob Marley was up there. Oh, Bob Hicks. Bob Hicks. Bob Hicks. Yeah. yeah. He was in the running. Also, Dead Fred in the trunk was in the running. Dead but... Fred in the trunk. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's too bad. You know what this means, though? We we have a winner and we have a final scoreboard here. Ding, 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 ding. For season one. First place of season one is Dexter Morgan with eight points. Then we've got, uh, in second place, we've got Rita with six points. Ice Truck Killer, 
slash Brian slash Rudy slash everyone else. Um, <laughs> and Vince Masuka are both tied with three points. Then nice. we've we've got Maria Laguerta with two points. And think about how far she came this season. Yep. We got three people tied with one point. And that would be James Dokes, Tony Tooch, and Angel Batiste, all tied with one point. Wow, all in the positive. <laughs> all all ending up in the positive. And there was a time when Maria and Angel were like negative six, negative seven. So it's pretty yeah, impressive. Those first couple episodes were pretty rough for them. Yeah. Setting kind of the middle ground for us at zero points is Aster. Then we've got five people tied with negative one who really haven't moved. So we've got still Sean the mechanic, <laughs> neighbor the Karen, Shonda the prostitute, law and order, and Neil Perry. I love the negative ones. Me too. Uh, I love the negative ones. Yeah. They're very endearing. They just came on the show and sucked. <laughs> <laughs> just sucked once. And <laughs> uh, then we've we'll got pick up a couple more along the way, I'm sure. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah. Well, the board's going to reset, though. So In the end, we'll have lots of scoreboards to compare. We'll have many negative ones by the end. You know, We've got negative two for Cody. We've got Harry Morgan falls underneath Cody here, and he's at a negative three. Unfortunately, we've got Deborah Morgan at a negative four ending the season. <laughs> Next to last place, we've got Captain Crunch Matthews at a negative five. Wow. And in at the bottom... We've got Paul Mean Band-Aid Bennett with negative six. Wow. Yep. They all kind of like got in an order there. That's cool. They did. They did. It really yeah. worked itself out. I think this list and Debra, is the way and Debra's it LV, Debra, Debra, Delbra. LV Delbra. Her LVP is just like, uh, she just got, she had the short end of the stick and she just got like, she got played and she got tricked and she got duped and she agreed to marry the fucking ice truck killer. Like, yeah, ugh. she's lucky. She's not at the bottom. Honestly, she was the punching well, bag of this season. She was the punching bag of the season. And I think on the positive, there's nowhere to go, but up. Right. Yeah, uh, that's true. Well, well, no, no, well, I think she, I think she gets a little bit more right self-assured now, and, right now, but yes, but I think the scoreboard is where it needs to be. All right, let's, let's rank this final episode here. What did you give this episode as a whole? Man, it, I struggled between 9.5 and 10. Just like if you just take out the scene with Bob and <laughs> <laughs> and some of the cops like connecting the dots that, the way they did after like 11 episodes of not knowing anything and getting the wrong guy twice and giant pictures of Neil Perry and then like a little wallet photo of Rudy and I don't know the <laughs> But I can't be mad at Law and Order. That's true. I'm gonna go ten. Perfect episode. All right, I I'm gonna have to agree with you. I gotta go ten as well. No, there's I don't think there's ever an episode of TV that's going to be 100 percent perfect that we can't find flaws with. But I think that this one gets as close as you possibly can to perfection. Yeah, I didn't like Bob Hicks at all, but I think this is this is as good as it gets. I think it deserves a ten. I don't think we're gonna be giving out a ton of tens. This deserves to be up there, in my opinion. It does everything a finale is supposed to do. Yeah. You know, the stakes sure. are higher than they've ever been. And, and they don't spend a ton of time on the season two. No. Like, Set okay, up. It's, okay, it's over. Yeah. There's a lot of a lot of shows these days are like, let's wrap up this season in the first half. Right. And then, and then like, introduce a whole bunch of new shit that you have no idea 
Yeah, and there are shows that do that, and then you're left with like you, a, you just want to spend fuck? a little more. You want to spend a little more time with what you just you know watched and right. Yeah, I think you need that to this was like seventy five twenty five, mm-hmm. and and that was perfect. Yeah. Now it wouldn't be a season one finale without a good a creative way to sort of tie it all together. Um, was there a deleted scene in this one too? So there was a deleted scene, but you had to like kind of watch like past the credits, you know, to get to this deleted scene. Because like I said, they, you know, there there was a moment with bows, but before the bows, they did perform a closing number. I'll give that to you now. Just reenact it. And actually, this is because of your request. Murder loving had me a blast. Murder loving, I'll put on your cast. I met my bro crazy for me i met my bro lost as could be murder ways different but same we both cut all those some murder nights oh well oh well oh well oh. kill me more kill me more i was stabbed by that whoa kill me more kill me more damn i should have said no uh-huh 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 he may fire me but he is the sucker. You won't fool me. Surprise, motherfucker. <laughs> I, I hate this cup and these band-aids. My cable's out. I feel betrayed. <laughs> murder spree. And then we're born free. We all cut all those murder nights. Oh, well, oh, well, oh, well. Oh. Kill me more. Kill me more. Yes, my birthday's the dregs. Kill me more, kill me more. At least you have both your legs. Down, doobie, down, doobie, 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 down. I liked bowling in the arcade. We'll plant a tree and we'll make lemonade. We'll make out and then you'll go squirt. We'll hunt some birds and you'll learn how to flirt. Prostitutes, they don't mean a thing. Miami only murders at night. Oh, kill me more, kill me more while your couch is so soft. Kill me more, kill me more, cause I'm now Laura Croft. In the cold room, that's where it ends. So I sliced him, and we can't be friends. Put my face in the rug and I'll sing. Wonder what, who I can kill now. Murder dreams. <laughs> Deafened by screams. But, oh, those murder slides yeah. kill me more <laughs> kill me more wow wow <laughs> weird al watch out weird al watch out we got the whole cast to perform in this finale that was there were so many relevant and like words that were helpful like lemonade and the bowling and i <laughs> There's a lot That's of connection crazy. between yeah. Greece and Dexter. Yeah, I don't know what what made me think of that song, but I would I wouldn't have been able to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I think I got each character and sort of like a, a notable line that 
summed up their season. <laughs> wow. Thank you. That was a good one. Thank you. Thank you. I couldn't do all the voices because we know that I'm that's not my specialty, but <laughs> I tried to change the inflection a little bit here and there. That was you probably know? your best dokes that you that you've done the whole really? season. Really? Yeah. Wow, thanks. Maybe you just have to sing in his voice. May it's easier. I don't don't, don't. I can't do that every time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess it's time to wrap this tie a bow on this season. It's been it's been a good time. Looking and, forward to season two. Got some yeah. new characters coming up, coming in. Yep. Coming in hot. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna say Lila is a thing. Lila is a big part of season two, yes. We've got a new uh FBI agent. We've got the FBI getting involved, actually, which is right, right, something right. new. So we you can hear listen to us on uh Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We've got now one entire full season on there, which kind of feels awesome. Um, crazy. You, you can also find us uh, Bay Harbor Bros on Instagram. And we do have an email address, bayharborbros at gmail.com. So Send email us. us. Feedback or yeah. Yeah, anything. We also have some surprise feedback from a an actor that was on Dexter. What? Yeah, not not feedback for the show, but they're going to uh, give us some message. So we are going to get a message from a uh, character from the show, but we'll keep that a mystery for now. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, a mystery. Yep. Pretty awesome. So what's what do we have to look forward to? Uh, season two, episode one is called It's Alive. I don't remember mm-hmm. that at all, but nope. cool. Looking forward to it. Any any last words as we put a bow on season one? Uh, no, this has been a this has been a great, you know, couple weeks of really digging into this show and picking yeah. up on things I didn't see the first couple times. I uh, have not seen past season five more than twice. So, and it's been a while since I've seen season two. So, going into this with like as a first viewer, I think season one is definitely the one I remember the most. Like I can't yeah. tell you what happens in season two at all. Maybe like two or three really big plot points is all I got. So really looking forward to getting into it. I mean, now I could tell you every single thing that happened in season one. So yeah, <laughs> it's cool to it's cool to really, you know, dig into these and see what conversations get sparked. And absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely looking forward to that for season two. But until next, until then, if you can't find your furniture from Thailand inside your couch and you need help <laughs> oh, locating yeah. them, you can always be our dark passenger along for the ride. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. It's alive! <laughs> <laughs>